that if we do this right, like Cleveland has the ability to be a pillar of U.S. soccer. Then when we look out 15, 20 years from now, we'd say on the national team, that, that, you know, that woman, she came from Cleveland. That girl came from Cleveland. That kid came from Cleveland. Um, we, we produced that player. And, but we need to have a seat at the table, I think, in order to understand how it all works. Let's discover the Cleveland entrepreneurial ecosystem. We are telling the stories of its entrepreneurs and those supporting them. Welcome to the Lay of the Land podcast, where we are exploring what people are building in Cleveland. I am your host, Jeffrey Stern, and today I had the real pleasure of sitting down with Michael Murphy, who is on a mission to bring professional soccer to Cleveland as the co-founder and CEO of the Cleveland Soccer Group. Previously, Michael served as the president of Gravitas Ventures, whose story we actually featured back on Lay of the Land's 68th episode with Gravitas' CEO, Nolan Gallagher, Michael's current co-founder at the Cleveland Soccer Group. At Gravitas, Michael was instrumental in growing the company's distribution footprint, managing their library of more than 3,000 titles of movies and television to over 100 transactional, subscription, and ad-sponsored video-on-demand operators on a worldwide basis, ultimately affording Gravitas distribution into over 100 million homes in North America and over 1 billion homes worldwide. Prior to joining Gravitas Ventures in 2007, Michael was captain in the U.S. Army, where he served on active duty as a judge advocate, and in 2005, he deployed with the 3rd Infantry Division in support of Operation Iraqi Freedom, where he was awarded the Bronze Star Medal. Michael is a member of the Cleveland chapter of Young Presidents Organization, a member of the U.S. Soccer Development Council, on the board of Boys Hope, Girls Hope of Northeast Ohio, and on the Advisory Council for Northeast Ohio's Women's Sports Alliance. He also coaches track basketball and, of course, soccer at St. Dominic's School in Cleveland. This was a really fun conversation. We cover everything from the cultural importance of sports in American society, how Michael envisions Cleveland soccer as a community pillar going forward, to the logistics of starting a professional soccer club from stadiums to financing to building a competitive and formidable team, I really enjoyed learning more of Michael's vision for the Cleveland Soccer Group, and I'm excited to follow along on this journey as it unfolds. Please enjoy my conversation with Michael Murphy. As I often do, I was thinking about where the best place to start our conversation would be, and it it literally came to me, actually, as my friend had recently introduced me to Wrexham AFC and we were watching the show together. And I, I don't know if, if you've come across this show. It's about Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney and having acquired this long suffering club team in Wales and their, their journey working with the community through its history and honoring its heritage and, you know, in pursuit of, you know, real aspirational Premier League elevation. And so we were talking about the role of, of European football clubs as civic institutions with real implications for community, tradition, competitive, and the overall energy of a city. And obviously, we have our own culture here in America uh, around sports. But I, I kind of wanted to start there because as I was reading about the, the work that you're doing and planning today, it, it's quite apparent that those are all important tenants to the culture of the team you're trying to build here in Cleveland and that you'll, you'll be intentional about it going forward. And so I, <laughs> the, the show just really kind of struck me as a, as a fun parallel. But would love to start there and, you know, we'll, we'll get into your professional history and, and how you got into this, but uh, just as a, as a softball opener. Sure. 
and, and I chuckled as you were saying that because I have seen a number of those episodes. And I guess on the one hand, it's really cool because I want professional soccer in Cleveland to have the same impact in Cleveland that it has in Wrexham. I mean, that's or wherever it really has impact in cities. And that's really why we're getting into this. Um, but I also chuckle because uh, they make it look so easy to start, you know, soccer clubs and it's Ryan Reynolds and, and, and uh, I can sit back and wax poetically about this and that, uh, where the reality is it's, it's a lot more heavy lifting and deep in spreadsheets and figuring it out and kind of searching. So that's the Hollywood version, but it's a fun version to see. And, but you can see what, what, what's happened though with content and it does make sense to tell the story along the way. People want to see that. I haven't done that yet. People have said, you should be filming everything. Like, for example, they said, you should be filming this interview that you and I are doing right now. And there should be cameras. And I thought about that. It's like, it's, it's odd though, to go take a meeting for breakfast. And be like, do you mind if these cameras are here? You know, it's just, but, but I get it. And, and I think Rex is actually playing in the U S this, this, uh, this summer in a tournament. So, you know, and they're building a brand that they can now export globally. And that brand is, is getting bigger because of this. So, and, and we want to do the exact same thing with the, the brand of Cleveland soccer that we have. We want to export it globally and, and make it as big as possible. So. Mm. No, I, I love that. And I'm, I'm glad we'll be able to explore a little bit of the, the depths of, of what actually goes into to doing something like, like what you're, you're trying to do. But before, before we get in, I think, you know, it would be helpful just to, you know, set some context, set the stage and, you know, ultimately the path to, uh, <laughs> to starting a football club, um, I, I know uh, you kind of have an, an eclectic professional history, but I'd love to hear how it how it kind of arrives at at what you're working on now. To be candid, soccer uh, football was not on my radar. Yeah. two years ago, I was finishing up, or at that point, I didn't even know I was finishing up. You know, a, a what it was a 15 year career in in entertainment and specifically film and television distribution company that that was started by my, my business partner, Nolan Gallagher, in, in 2006. And I joined him shortly thereafter in, in Los Angeles in 2007. It was a great run. And I think when I look back at it, like that journey of entrepreneurship and where we went uh, through Gravitas from totally bootstrap company to something that was getting bigger to, you know, retaining investment banks to go through processes to uh, sell the company twice in the span of, of five years. Lots of lessons learned there. And I guess that probably gave me some of the confidence to go for something like this because I didn't know what I was doing when I joined Nolan in, in 2007. Uh, I never, if you knew me growing up, you'd say, I would tell you I was never living in Los Angeles. I mean, I liked movies, but I liked movies like everyone else did. I didn't have a passion for Hollywood. I didn't have a passion for entertainment. But I did want to kind of make my own luck and, and give it a shot at, at building something. And that's what Gravitas was. That's, I guess, where I would draw the similar parallel to what we're doing here now with, with soccer. Yeah. And, I mean, and the Gravitas story with, with Nolan is is really one of my favorites, uh, I think, so far. It, it really, to me, captures like the best of what people are, are doing here in Cleveland because it's, it's, it's quite a successful story that I don't think that many people were aware of. And so it's, it's very cool to see, I think, the, the implications of what comes after something like that. And it was, is also one of the reasons I've been excited to, to have you on, because I think the success begetting success, you know, is kind of what we need here. Absolutely. You know, when we were thrilled to, you know, move the company to Cleveland, 
I came back before the whole company moved back. I, I moved back after we had our first child and joined Nolan's brother, Brendan, who thankfully I'd convinced to leave his partner track at a, at a local law firm here in Cleveland and come join us because I was running business affairs and sales. And it was one of those days I remember distinctly, you know, you get into these startups and, you, and you're wearing a lot of hats. We were at an Indians game and we were at a rooftop bar. I can't remember which one it was, but it was like on West 6th. And, and it was like a beautiful day. It was going to be like a, a day game for, for the then Cleveland Indians. And I'm getting an email on some legal issue that's blowing up. And I looked across the way and I was like, hey, Nolan, can I just go ask your brother if he'll join us? Because I trust him and we need another lawyer. Because I'm, Let's go for it. And it was like one of those, you know, signature moments. But then, you know, Brennan didn't never moved out to L.A. And he and I were figuring out now international global distribution. And there was no roadmap for that. Uh, no playbook for that. And that was another reason I moved back was to just be closer to him because we were figuring it out on the fly. And we started to grow, you know, two operations because in Cleveland and in L.A. And we started hiring some some great students from Cleveland State Film School uh, that were very entrepreneurial and, and were thrilled that, that they could kind of pursue this in Cleveland. But then ultimately, yeah, moved the whole company back to Cleveland in 2019 and, and bought the you know, the second floor of this building here in Ohio City, because we really wanted to be part of the Cleveland business community. We wanted to, to be part of economic development in Cleveland. We're homers right, for right. Cleveland in a, in a major way. And, you know, you don't think about film distribution in Cleveland, but we knew we could do it from Cleveland. We built the relationships out there. And, and you know, Nolan kind of acquired the films. If you if you break it down, he, he bought them, I sold them. And, you know, I had big customers in Netflix and Amazon and Apple and Comcast, but the reality is they didn't want to see you every day. And you built these relationships over time. And I could definitely, you know, go back and forth. It was a lot easier when we had Continental Airlines with three flights <laughs> yeah. a day to LA, but it's still very doable. So post, you know, Gravitas, you mentioned soccer, football, I guess we'll, we'll call it soccer here, <laughs> was, was, not, was not on your radar. So if, if you could share a little bit about, you know, how how this ultimately all comes to be and, and, and really like, what are your core motivations? What was inspiring to you about this idea? What, what is some of the vision that you have for, for uh, th this whole endeavor that you've begun to undertake? It wasn't on my, my radar, but what was on my radar was doing something, you know, meaningful in the third quarter of my life, so to speak. I I'm with, a, I mean, YPO and I have a forum and, and, and I'm like one of the younger guys in my forum. These guys were talking about what are we doing in our third quarter of our life? And they've had some success. And I started to think about that as well. And I know I want to do something transformative or big for Cleveland. And, and growing up, I, I thought that that might mean I have to get involved in public policy or maybe even run for office. And this kind of soccer thing popped up late in, in, in 2021. And the idea was, hey, let's let's bring a professional soccer team to, to Cleveland and let's build a stadium and let's build a stadium where the Wolstein Center is right now at Cleveland State University. And hey, Murphy, go figure it out because you've got a good relationship <laughs> with Cleveland State. And I do, you know, to a certain extent, but only because I'm really a, a booster of men's and women's basketball. And I'm a booster of men's and women's basketball there because I believe that um, Cleveland needs a strong Cleveland State University. And one of the fastest paths to raising the profile of that institution is through athletics. And I had the, the, the had this vision and still do that men's and women's program could do something like Butler did, for example, which used to be in the Horizon League or Gonzaga or Creighton. But it's a long vision. right? It's 10, 15 years. It's built around a coach. It's built around a, a board that wants to, to go down that path. And 
and I'm still hopeful that, that we can we can do that. And, and got a great new coach in there on the men's side. The women's team's kicking butt this year. Um, and I hope to see them go really far. So, I, you know, I, I pitched this kind of to Cleveland State. And they said, well, you know, we've heard soccer before. and But your timing could be right because, you know, there's a master plan. And it's something that we would consider as part of a much larger master plan, which was recently revealed kind of the first stages of it. And so I kind of took that back. I was like, all right, so there's a there there, maybe. And then I was like, soccer. I was like, what do I know about soccer? Do, do, I, do I care about soccer? Um, you know, I played as a kid, like a lot of, you know, young kids did. I probably ended my career in fourth grade or third grade or something like that. But and I liked soccer in the sense that, like, I would watch the World Cup every four years, men's and women's. Um, but I was not getting up on Saturday mornings watching English Premier League or, or new players throughout the league. I was not conversant in the language of soccer and the, and the various leagues. But I started to look at this and I said, this is fascinating that Cleveland, a top 20 DMA, is the only uh, top 20 market without big time soccer in Cleveland. And why is this? And I started to talk to people that knew a lot more about the game than I did. What I learned is that we have a very deep history of soccer. And I knew part of this from the indoor soccer. I mean, I grew up going out to Richfield Coliseum, watching the force, watching Darth Vader come out probably until uh, Lucas told him to stop infringing on my, my trademark. And I remember the, the crunch at the Wolstein Center. And actually in our, you know, in our hype video when we, when we launched in November and announced uh, the MLS Next Pro Team, got some great clips in there. And it's really exciting. And there, there's an announcer saying, there's 21,000 strong here at Richfield Coliseum. And, you know, those days can come back. And, you know, you look at the game, it's growing uh, by leaps and bounds in this country, growing everywhere. I mean, 8 billion people now in the world, according to the United Nations, as of last year. And, and FIFA says that 5 billion people just watched the World Cup. So 62.5% of the world watched this game. And Cleveland, for better or worse, you know, for worse, in my opinion, doesn't have a seat at the table right now. And, and we want to change that because we think it's really critical and we think it's critical to do it now uh, to ride this this tide and this wave that is going to really um, get a lot bigger as we get closer to 2026, where North America is going to host the World Cup. And, uh, you know, you look at historically the last time we hosted the World Cup in 1994. And uh, if you, you kind of extrapolate that growth and, and, and say we're going to have the same type of growth over the next four years, we're talking about a net gain of about 35 million soccer fans in this country. It's going to be really exciting to be part of that. I have so many questions about this, but I think it's an amazing kind of vision. To be candid, I don't love starting from a pessimistic place, but I'll throw this your way and we can we can build from it. But I think, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of you know feedback from, from folks as, as you've announced the initiative, but we could start from a place where I believe Cleveland is already the, the smallest market to have three major sports teams. So like, is there, is there room for, for more, in your opinion? I think absolutely. But, you know, we may be the smallest, but there's something that you're also not saying is that we punch way above our weight. You know, our TV ratings are much higher than, than a lot of other larger cities uh, in terms of who tunes in for sports. I remember seeing a like a first take with Stephen A. Smith and 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 um, Chris Russo, Mad Dog, and he he you know declared that that Cleveland it was ahead of Detroit and New York and Chicago as, as the best uh, place for for sports fan bases. And Smith was like shocked by this. He said, "No, Cleveland's the place to be." So we know people like sports in Cleveland, and 
I think maybe more so than some of those other sports, soccer can even be more transformative. I mean, I love the Cavs. I love the Guardians. I love the Browns. Season ticket holder with the Browns for many years. I love going to all these games. And because they're so big and so major league, sometimes it's like you go watch the game or you watch the game on TV and you, you read on cleveland.com or you read Pluto article. But that's kind of where your relationship with the team ends, for, for lack of a better term. I mean, you, but I think soccer is very different in that a lot of the supporter groups that can pop up feel like they, they're part of the team. And ownership groups that do it right encourage that um, because it's part of the sport. And, and you, you, know, you saw it in Wrexham and you see it all throughout Europe. And so we want to you know, replicate that in, in terms of what Cleveland's brand will be here. And um, I also think that you know, it's just so diverse and, and so inclusive. I mean, the other things that got me excited about it were, you know, I, I went about this time last year, I was on a family trip to Mexico and through some, some introductions, I was able to get a really great tour of, of Liga MX and some, some games there. And a young Mexican national who came to the U.S., he's actually on my board of advisors, you know, toured me around for a couple of days to different matches. And I, you know, I had a captive audience and I asked him a lot of questions. Well, how do, what does it look like to set up an academy here? How do we bring Mexican players here? How do we bring uh, Hispanic players to Cleveland? Is it possible? What does it look like? Um, what's the pro player pathway? And I kind of got back and I, and I talked to uh, Mike McLaughlin, who is, you know, 30 years ago was my theology teacher at St. Ignatius High School, but he's also his avocation, if you will, is soccer coach. And he's forgotten more about soccer today than I will ever know. But I said, is it crazy to think that we could be intentional about bringing professional players here from you know foreign countries where we already have big immigrant communities or, or ethnic communities? And I'm talking about old school Croatians or Slovenes or Hungarians or the newer Salvadorians, Guatemalans, Africans, uh, Syrians, because the global language is soccer. You know, you have a fan base. And so that's part of our vision is to identify that the matriarch and patriarch of, of Croatian soccer or just in that community and say, look, we're going to be very intentional about starting to bring some young talent here. And when they come, I really need you to open your arms wide because you're as much part of the success as we are. And when they come here, we want to create a, a pipeline uh, to do this right. Uh, you know, again, I talked about the kind of third quarter. I've got a, a long vision on this. Um, I'm 45. And I want to be doing this when I'm 60 years old, because I think that's kind of the timeline that you need to invest to really make this, uh, successful. I, I imagine it's, it's, it's quite a ambitious undertaking. I want to kind of just cover from, you know, soup to nuts, how this all works from, you know, w what is MLS next pro? How, how will logistics as simple as naming a team, building a stadium, you know, the strategy for fan base and attendance, community involvement. There's like a million things we can talk about, but, you know, kind of from the in the founding story, if you will, you know, how, how does this, how does this actually work? I guess on a timeline, it was I said late 21 and there began kind of in, in early 22, uh, what I'll consider like a nine month diligence period on professional leagues, because you have to understand this, the soccer pyramid, there's lots of different leagues out there on the men's side and the women's side. And I spent a lot of time talking to owners in, in various leagues a lot of time talking to the leagues themselves, uh, hired a, a soccer-specific consultant who has brought professional soccer to cities before and built stadiums before. 
uh, to kind of fill in those, those blind spots, if you will, and had a lot of fun doing it. So the first thing, you know, we, we kind of did, and, and, you know, I don't think there's a right answer. It would be great if you had a poof, you talked about simple logistics. I mean, you know, if there's a poof, there's a stadium all of a sudden. It's, it doesn't work that way, but you kind of have to push on these things on, on parallel paths because um, you don't know what the timeline is, you know, and, and I can get into it a little bit. But when I think about what we ultimately want to do is, is be the North Star of, of soccer in Northeast Ohio. And to me, that means men's and women's professional soccer clubs, a soccer specific stadium, you know, professional training facilities for those men's and women's clubs including the, the, the pitches that would be associated with that in the locker room and the film room and the, by the front office. And, and, and then a fifth piece would be what I consider kind of like a soccer complex. So as I've learned, uh, soccer is huge in, in Northeast Ohio. And, and I, you know, I coach, but my, my little girls are not at the level now of club or, or travel teams. But if you want to play big time kind of travel club soccer in Cleveland, you're traveling. You have to leave and, and a lot of it's played, at, you know, west in Sandusky at their facility out there or east in Geneva at Spire or families are traveling south to Lodi, Ohio, like every weekend. And so I see this as a as an opportunity in business and an opportunity to grow it here in Cleveland or Cuyahoga County, if you will. There's a diaspora every weekend and we're leaving the county. So there's an opportunity to build something here as well. And then the last piece kind of to the North Star, if you will, the sixth pillar is, is accessibility. And this is bringing the game to all where it may not have been. And I'm going to paint, you know, in, in broad brushes, but historically, and not so much anymore, but, you know, soccer was a, a suburban white sport in this country for a while. And again, broad brushes. And it, it's very different now. I mean, you look at, look at the makeup of our national team. It doesn't look like that necessarily. But one way to do this is, is through um, mini pitches which we want to establish. And the U.S. Soccer Foundation has a goal of putting a thousand mini pitches in this country before the World Cup comes in 26. And Cleveland has zero. And we want to fix that and, and put 10 or a dozen in, you know, because we think it's really important. So long as you have the right programming accompanying those. So, and, and usually it's in, it's in urban areas or, or underserved areas. So that that's the, the, the big vision. But you go back to the leagues, you know, MLS Next Pro specifically was, I didn't even know it existed when I started my diligence. And, and many didn't know it existed because people know MLS, it's the top soccer brand in this country, right? MLS is division one men's soccer. Down the road, we have the Columbus Crew and we have Cincinnati um, in Ohio. They're in the MLS and LAFC just won the, the championship and, and recently came out kind of fascinating. We talk about the dollars and cents of, of this sport was, you know, by Forbes valued the first billion dollar uh, soccer club in, in this country, which is huge increase over when they last valued these, I think three years ago. But ultimately on the men's side chose MLS Next Pro for, for a number of reasons. Uh, I thought the governance was extraordinarily strong. I thought the leadership was very strong at the, at the top. Um, again, our vision is a long-term one. I'm, I'm very comfortable and confident that that league will be here for the long haul. And what really got me excited though was that we were going to be able to be part of their, their media deal. And coming from Gravitas and, and distribution, I knew that you could have the best film or the best product in the world, but if you don't have a platform to distribute it on, you know, it's like if a tree falls in the, in the woods. And their media deal was announced this past summer with Apple TV, and it's starting here, you know, in a few weeks, where every, you know, all the games are going to be broadcast globally now on Apple TV. And so the brand 
of soccer that we create on, on the men's professional side will be able to be broadcast, you know, around the world through Apple TV. What I'm about to say is it's a larger vision, but this is also what gets me excited. And this is maybe the entrepreneurial part of me. When I, when I look at Cleveland and I look at, you know, we have 23 sister cities that, that are around the world. People kind of look at me like, what sister cities? What are we doing? Well, we, we do. And, and they're significant. We don't do a lot with them. It's been kind of ceremonial only or in name only. But we're talking about Lima, Peru, Taipei, Taiwan, Bangalore, India, and, and 20 more cities around the world. And if you look a little bit deeper, those 23 sister cities boast 96 professional soccer clubs, eight of which are women. And so I start thinking, hmm, if we can launch our, our professional soccer clubs, now we have some a chip at the table, or we can play in this, you know, this our global currency. And now instead of reaching out for just an exchange or a friendly, how are you doing, Bangalore, India, I can reach out to those owners and say, would you like to come to Cleveland? We'd like to host you. And we'd like to do a home and away. And I think that soccer is very accessible. I think that it's very tangible. And it's, it's obviously a global game that's known. So through that, I hope to create much larger relationships that can really benefit Cleveland for, for the long haul. I mean, Bangalore I use because it's the Silicon Valley of India. And wouldn't it be great to have a relationship, a deeper relationship that can start with something like soccer and, and, and go deeper because of that. So the Apple TV deal will allow us to broadcast around the world to our, to our fans around the world that will be our fans around the world and to our sister cities and say that you can see this. And if you, that's on the export side, I talked about the import side. You know, if, if we're recruiting from a particular city in, in, in Peru, if, we're, if we have a pipeline in Lima, Peru, or, or immigrant community here in the Salvadorians, well, they can see their, their, their players play. On the women's side, you know, Cleveland is big enough, though, really for a, a big-time professional soccer league. And so the MLS is not on the radar anytime soon with that, but we're thrilled to be in that league. And, and the other piece, too, is that, you know, we're an independent club in, in that league. And there's three independent clubs announced right now. And basically what that means is we don't have a parent. So I don't have the Columbus crew on top. I'm not the crew, too. We'll play the crew, too. But we're going to operate as the biggest, baddest club in town and, and, and try to put butts in seats and win championships. And that's our that's our vision for that club. You will soon start to hear other cities and markets announce as independent clubs in MLS Next Pro. Or you will see what's happening, for example, with Nashville SC. They've moved their uh, MLS Next Pro club to Huntsville, Alabama, which is a very fast growing city where they're building them a stadium specifically. So it had its own culture you know, in Huntsville. And, you know, the league hopes to expand to probably 10 to 20 of these independent clubs. And um, we're really excited about the prospects for the league. On the women's side, um, the NWSL, the National Women's Soccer League, is, is the, the, at the top of the pyramid. And they very publicly ran a process last year to expand their, their league. You asked, like, what comes first? Well, I, I had to kind of jump at that because the, the deadline was due on November 4th. I finished Gravitas on October 31st. Uh, we had been working on it a little bit on, you know, the nights and weekends as you do um, outside of your day job. But out of 82 groups that put, you know, initial interest into that league, 30 made a cut. I think after letters of intent, we made that cut. And they say you know, about 10 actually went through the application process because it's a very heavy lift to apply. There's financials, there's diligence, there's a material fee to apply. And I'm happy to say we made it to the final four, which is pretty cool. We knew it was a long shot because they were looking for expansion in 2024. And one of the requisites really was a stadium or a firm stadium plan, which we just hadn't had a chance to, to really 
firm up at that point. But, you know, in no uncertain terms, they told us hang around the hoop to use a, a sports analogy. There's more expansion coming soon and we hope to be there. We think we will be there. And, and we know that they're excited about Cleveland. They were very excited about the support that I was able to bring with our application and our bid. And it's really exciting to think that, you know, they would be the top soccer brand in town. So you have the Guardians, the Cavs, the Browns, and the NWSL Women's Club. And that as we build a stadium, we are building a stadium for women's professional sports. And, you know, to the extent of the public-private partnership, um, it is, as far as I know, the very first, it would be the very first public-private partnership for women's professional sports in the country. That's great. We should do that in Cleveland. The opportunity is right in front of us. So let's go grab it. So f- following the, the stadium line of thinking, what goes into to, to that whole endeavor? That seems like a, an entire undertaking in, in and of itself. How, how do you think about you know, the, the funding and economics of that, the, the, the location, um, the, the community considerations, really, really all the, the, the pieces that go into that puzzle? I mean, I talked about kind of three sites or facilities as, as kind of being part of those pillars. Stadiums, one, the practice facility is another, and like the soccer complex. It's important to me right now as I sit here to say that the stadium will be somewhere downtown. I, I just feel like that's what we have to do. We want to bring people downtown. I, I don't want it too far east. I don't want it too far west. I don't want to give anyone a reason to be like, that's not for me. No, it is for you. And, and there's spots downtown that can work. And and we're we're doing our due diligence on those now. It's not a light undertaking, um, but you've got to secure a site and then you've got to you know, come up with a plan and figure out how big you're going to go. And, you know, we'd love to target something like uh, Kansas City is doing right now with their new women's stadium. And, and they're building it there, but that's being totally privately funded by, you know, we did well at Gravitas, but I can't stroke a check for $120 million and just say, here's our stadium. And they're targeting something about 11.5 that's expandable probably to 15 or, or 18. And, and you can do these things. You can do them on a modular stadium too, but you'll have to see, you know, how it all comes together. So you find the site and, and then you you go from there is, is really the process. Just to, to circle back to the sports broadcasting piece of this and, and some of the, the economics there, kind of global distribution, all that kind of leveraging your your background as well. How has and does the the future of regional sports networks and, and cable impact sports, you know, affect teams and 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 the economics at, at play here and you mentioned the the you know the team in LA and kind of the, the recent valuations and how it's changing. What what more at like a high level is is happening in that world? I mean, me- media rights have always been super important to professional sports. And you know, yes, the MLS did a two point five billion dollar deal, which was uh, significantly higher than the last deal, which was mostly with ESPN. But it's it's still like very small compared, and that's a minimum guarantee, so it can go higher, but it's going to be based on subscriptions. But that's very small compared to still NFL or, or you know, um, NBA or Major League Baseball or even hockey. And so there's still a lot of growth there in terms of but like they took a, a chance. Right. And, but they partnered with a brand like Apple that is getting into this. And when Apple gets into things, they usually do it pretty well. And so it's a bet. Right. You're betting on on that. And Apple thinks that they've got a good demo for for soccer fans. And, you know, can probably grow the MLS brand, you know, as a league around the world. There's not a lot of leagues where, where the U.S. isn't you know, dominant in. So this is, this is um, one that they think they can grow. 
you know, there, there's going to be, it's nuanced, right? So we'll be able to do pre and post game shows uh, locally, but you know, the, the, the games will be broadcast on Apple and, and, and you'll, you'll need that. So that's how it's going to work, at least on that side. On, on, on the women's side, when we get the NWSL club, and I say when, I'm confident <laughs> we're going we're gonna to do this, they, they will, I think they're up for, for bid now. They had a, it was kind of on like Paramount Plus this, this last year, which is, you know, there's a lot of, I mean, these services I'm, I'm comfortable with because we would right, sell right. to them. I would sell our independent movies and documentaries to them. But you need to make it easy for, for the customer to find it. And they've had incredible growth. Now, granted, these are soccer cities in Seattle. I mean, I call them with a lot of soccer passion, Seattle, Portland, um, San Diego. But they're drawing 20,000 fans for their NWSL matches. And and the, the championship was held at a neutral site last year, I think in late October, at Audi Field in, in, um, in Washington, D.C., between the Kansas City Current and Portland Thorns. It was sold out, 21,000 people. And, you know, they hit almost a million, uh, I think, in viewership, which was, you know, 70% increase over the previous year. So, and, and women's soccer in this country is, is, has always been strong. I mean, our U S women's national team who's starting to embark on their journey towards the, the, the world cup this year in Australia and New Zealand is, is definitely a favorite to win. And so we know that people like that, that sport, and, and we hope to bring it to Cleveland. So you, you had mentioned butts and seats and championships. And I, I, I like that, that framing of kind of what success looks like. But I, I, I kind of want to unpack that a little bit and talk about success both on and off the field. You know, we can kind of pursue these, you know, one after the other. But how do we become a formidable team? And, you know, how, how do you ultimately win champions? And, and, you know, you mentioned some of the, the player acquisition. You know, how does the, the, the money ball and sports analytics come into this? How are you thinking about building a, a really, you know, formidable team? And then... Uh, what I'd also love to hear about is is off the field, you know, how do you view a sports team's responsibility to the the community? What involvement will be there from those who who live here, and and how you're thinking about you know success in kind of both of those capacities? Sure. So we'll talk about the on the field side first, and, and it's to oversimplify it. There's two components, right? You have the the business side or the front office side. And then you have the sporting side with the, the players and the coaches and, and the, the pipeline. On the business side, we want to be higher uh, savvy executives that know how to value sponsorship, know how to value the brand, know how to who's watching soccer so that we can go out to, to corporations in Cleveland and, and global corporations and say, you want to be part of this because we're going to deliver to your, to your customer. So you can you can do that yourself. You can partner with with other firms to do that, and we'll, we'll examine both of those to make sure we're doing it the right way. Um, you want to be very intentional about you know taking ticket deposits and, and creating a uh, a listserv. And, and when we launched, you know, we launched with a, a nice website, but we're capturing um, we you know people click there, and there's different ways they click. How do you want to be involved? And we when we're reaching out to them, saying there's going to be some town halls soon. There'll be some listen, listening tours soon. Uh, to let them know. And, and then ultimately, you know, you want to deliver a product that is, you know, fun to go to, family friendly, affordable. One cool thing about soccer is that it's, it's relatively quick, right? You're in and out in two hours as opposed to some other sports, which we think you know, will serve us well. Um, it's something different 
in, in this in this community. And then on the sporting side, um, again, I, I, I'm not a soccer savant, but I, a lot of people have, have given me a lot of. But what I understand is you have to come up with your your methodology, how you're going to play, whether you're going to be a. I mean, it can be as simple as an attacking club or a defending club. And what what are going to be your strengths? And then stick to it. Don't don't give up after the you know the first year. If that's what you want to play, you play that way. Or those are the players you want to recruit. That's what you do. But you want to have coaches that that are aligned with with the front office, aligned with the you know, general manager, and and then you go recruit players. And the nice thing about Next Pro is that we can recruit players from anywhere. And so Jeffrey, if, if you're if you want to try out, and I, it's so funny, you know, we're getting people sending unsolicited tapes of them and say we want to try out, we want to try out. They're a little early right now, but but. At the right time, we'll hold hold open tryouts for Cleveland. Part of it is also, you know, bringing your own players to bear. And so, with the soccer complex and with potentially an academy, we want to be able to grow our own players right here and say there is a path for you. You're 13 years old. You're showing a real lot of promise in the field. You're 14. You're 15. Maybe you're you're going to be in an academy because you're going to be a pro soccer player. And that's how it's done throughout the rest of the world. It's not done that way uniformly here in the U.S. And, and, and that's a great way to go so that, you know, you can uh, someone who's a, a teenager, whether a young man or woman can, can see that pathway in front of them and say, and there's a club that I can actually play for right here. You know, Justin Morrow, who's on our advisory boards, probably one of the best professional players come out of Cleveland in the last 15, 20 years. He said he had to leave there. He couldn't stay here. He would have loved to stay in Cleveland. And he's so thrilled to be kind of involved with this, um, this project. Because it is Cleveland, it's home to him, and and so he he loves that. So we'll, we'll grow the players, and then you've got to set big goals. We ran gravitas on, on this thing called EOS, the Entrepreneur's Operating System. It's it's based on a book called Traction, and one of the things you do as you it's kind of strategic planning. They have different terminology for you know, but we we call it a a ten year vision, and it's a it's a BHAG, it's a big hairy audacious goal. And, and let's put it out there. We want to win the U.S. Open Cup, for example. And the U.S. Open Cup is open to all independent teams. And you can play MLS teams, you play USL teams. They can all enter, but that's a, a way that, you know, in similar to golf, like anyone can get into it. And, and let's go be a real competitor there. And, and that will do very well for the brand if you're competitive at that level. And that's, that's how we want to compete. And to, you know, to round out success on the, the other side of the coin, you know, how, how are you thinking about community involvement and what what that actually looks like right and, and having us be here in cleveland i mentioned you know accessibility many pitches are it's, it's pretty straightforward you can do it but to do it right is it's always in the execution We're, we want to be involved there but we want this game to connect cleveland i want this game to connect all these disparate immigrant communities that we have or these different populations that we have around a common uh, language that they understand and, you know, the vision is when we have our stadium that we're flying the flags of, yes, Stars and Stripes will be first and foremost, but then I want to fly the other flags of, of the players that, uh, that are on their team, whether it's from Croatia or Guatemala, and, and let folks know that you have a home here. These are your players, but this is, you know, our team, and we, we've brought this community together around something. We've established also the Cleveland Soccer Group Foundation, which is a 501c3 that will look to make an impact right here in Cleveland. We already are doing it to a certain extent. You know, we, we've contributed to America Scores, which is a fantastic nonprofit that services about 15 schools in CMSD. 
and they do poetry and soccer together. And it's fascinating why those two it was it that is launched fascinating. years ago in, in Washington, D.C. Uh, someone doing Teach for America, I think, who was a soccer player and also a creative writer. And they're like, I need to do something after school with these kids. And the, the program's grown. So uh, we want to be involved there. We're going to have a team. We'll field a team for their upcoming tournament in April. And then also helping us out is, is a young man uh, who's big into soccer, but his day job is he works for Refugee Response. But he's started the Refugee Soccer League. And he's also started the City of Ohio Soccer Clubs, and we're going to sponsor those, which are predominantly made up of, of refugees. So, you know, right now, when we don't have a name, we don't have a brand, we don't have a color, we don't have a crest, we can we can put it out there that our brand is really through philanthropy a little bit. I mean, at, at, a, at a small level right now, but let's see that grow and let's bring in other dollars that are going to support us on the commercial side. A lot of these companies have foundations and let them know why there's an avenue for them to put their dollars to work through soccer, through a global game, get Cleveland to see at the table for, for, for 26 and beyond. And so, you know, if I, if I really extrapolate this out, you know, I think that we need immigration. We need very thoughtful immigration in Cleveland. We are, we are a city that can boast a million people and we're under 400,000 now, I think, in the city proper. I know that greater Cleveland is still strong, but you have to be, I think, creative about other ways to bring immigration here. And Joe Zimmerman is doing a fantastic job with his team at Global Cleveland being very welcoming. And there's others, including Refugee Response and others. But how can we think about soccer if we're up and running as a way to bring immigration here, maybe from our sister cities? You know, when people come to Cleveland, they usually like it. They just have to get them. <laughs> That's very first. true. But once they get here and say, there's a huge opportunity here. I mean, I, I can go on and on about why it's such a great place. But as we look out in the future... We know that being on the Great Lakes, the largest body of fresh water in the world, is meaningful. And that's meaningful not just to, to this country, but meaningful to the rest of the world. And when you bring someone here and take them down to East Ninth and say, they say, that's an ocean. No, that's, that's Lake Erie. You know, it, it, it boggles it, people's yeah. mind. Even we used to bring people in from L.A. and they said, that's, that's a lake. <laughs> and, you know, they've never been here before. Yeah, it's a lake. Maybe it, it is a little cart before the horse, but... How do you think about brand and a name and the crests and right things that, that maybe seem aesthetic, but I think, I think matter quite, quite a lot. Totally. And, and it's been so cool, like unsolicited. I take a lot of breakfast at, at Shays at, at mm. East 40th in St. Clair. And I've had some breakfast recently with marketers or branders who just want to be involved. They love soccer. This is what they do in their yeah, day yeah. job. And they've given great ideas. And they said, and, and I mean, some of them are very sophisticated decks and it's like, that's a great idea. And I think ultimately we want to, you know, involve the community and, and involve, you know, you know, what names resonate. Um, we all ultimately have to find something, you know, that, that we also like, but it's going to be a process, an iterative process that, that we want to go wide with and, and, and bring that involvement. But what, what, at the end of the day, you want it to be something Cleveland and it's got to resonate with, with Cleveland. You know, that's really important. And, and the color side, I mean, We'll, we'll figure it out. I'm, I'm colorblind, so I'll let the I, others I am you know, as well. get yeah. <laughs> Well, just to, you know, paint the, the rest of the, the picture here, you know, in a, in a future looking perspective, what, what, what is the, the timeline look like as, as you envision it? What, what has you most excited, you know, over the next six months, year? How are you thinking about the, the kind of progress that you'll be able to make and, you know, in kind of retrospect, the impact along the way that, that you hope to have. 
Sure. I, I think the 25 meter target to go back to my, my army days is like it, it's facilities and securing the site and, and, and building, the, you know, getting that stadium underway. We need to do that if we're going to bring an NWSL club to Cleveland. And so that's really critical. We don't know when the next round of expansion is going to be with the NWSL, but they're 15 teams now and they, it's going to be a national league. So we know they're going to do more. And then we want to be absolutely ready because they love the market. They love the, the passion in Cleveland. They love, they could be a top soccer brand in town. We just need to make sure that we've got um, some of our, our loose ends tied up and, and, and working daily on those. So that's, that's very much in the near future. I think though, at some point this year, we will absolutely undertake a branding session for, for the next pro team. You know, we, we are going to kick off in, in, in 25 there. It'd be amazing. And I think it's still possible to kick off in a new facility, a new stadium by March of 25. But things have to happen in short order. But the good news is that we have a lot of support and a lot of people understand that, like, we should be doing this. It should be done now so that Cleveland can have a seat at the table when the World Cup comes to the United States and, and North America in 26. And, you know, to that end, you know, we're not going to host any World Cup matches. Those That ship has sailed in 2018 or whenever FIFA said that North America was going to get the World Cup. It's going to be at major cities and, you know, in the U.S. and, and Mexico and Canada. But we are putting an application in, um, you know, I've joined the U.S. Soccer Development Council, really just to kind of understand what that bureaucracy is, because we're all in on this. And, and that's the top, you know, that the federation is, is, is where it all happens at the, the highest level. And I see, again, going forward, that if we do this right, like Cleveland has the ability to be a pillar of U.S. soccer. And when we look out 15, 20 years from now, we'd say on the national team, that, that you know, that woman, she came from Cleveland. That girl came from Cleveland. That kid came from Cleveland. Um, we, we produced that player. and But we need to have a seat at the table, I think, in order to understand how it all works. So we're going to put an application in to be a training base camp for 26. So, for example, there's going to be, and this is happening right now, the, the 26 World Cup will expand from 32 to 48 teams. And FIFA will offer 72 TBCs, training base camps, to these nations. Um, we're not going to host a match, but Cleveland's you know, centrally located. We're a great place to be in the summer. We have some of the practice facilities that they would be looking for. It's not perfect yet, We have to, you know, but we're gonna throw our hat in the ring and see, wouldn't it be amazing if we're hosting Cameroon or Australia or France leading up to that for the 45, 60 days and, you know, obviously cheering on the stars and stripes, but we can have a, a second team that, that trained here in Cleveland. Um, so we're trying to put our hat in the ring. So the branding I, I mentioned would kick off later this year. Obviously, we want to be ready when, when an expansion happens again with NWSL. That, that timing is TBD, but I think that, you know, with the Women's World Cup happening this year, these investment bankers are on the process, and, and I would use something exciting like that to kick off some uh, process to try to, to, to get large license fees, which is what their job is, and they just got them. I mean, these last two teams went for $50 million each, which was a substantial increase over you know, three years ago where those teams were going for $3 million. But you're starting to see, I mentioned the the, the fans in, in, in those West Coast cities, you're seeing um, Angel City with, you know, large valuations. You're seeing real sponsorship dollars coming into clubs. And, and so, you know, the future, I think, is very bright for, for soccer in this country. What what has been the, the biggest surprises, lessons along the way? I You know, I imagine there there was some transferable you know, experience from, from Gravitas, but it feels like such a, an alien <laughs> world from, from the outside. What are you taking with you in terms of just, you know, more like the entrepreneurial experience of it? I guess the one is like, don't get dis 
dismayed or disturbed that there's a lot of gray out there right now because it's it's throwing a lot of darts up there, especially with where are you going to put things? Where are you going to go? We don't have one thing I've learned. And, um, my background is not in real estate development, but there is no central repository of sites that are available. Team Neo is fantastic. They have some ideas. The County Land Bank has some ideas. The City Land Bank has some ideas. And so you've got to talk to all of them because they don't necessarily, I mean, they talk to each other, but, you know, I wake up every morning thinking about this and they like it, but, you know, I've got to keep, keep driving it forward with, with our team that we have. So th there's no central repository, which makes it a little bit, and you know, harder to quickly navigate this. You've got to, you know, go down a lot of, of, of paths. Um, that, that's a lesson learned. I think the other piece is that it's like the positive response I've gotten when I, when I talk to people about this. Everyone's kind of nodding their head. Yes, I see this. You talk to parents, they're like, yes, I'm tired of driving to Lodi for taking up my whole Saturday. It's an hour there, 40 minutes on the field and an hour and a half back. And, and you know, as opposed to somewhere much closer, I'd love to solve that problem. I think it goes a long way to a, to fulfilling a lot of the long-term goals that we have. That, that's been reassuring. Um, and then I think also it's just like the amount of people that actually like soccer. It's fascinating. You know, there's just, and I think the World Cup does a lot for that. And, and we're, we know it'll happen when it comes in 26. So um, you, you talk to people like, yeah, I really was enjoying watching all those matches. It's, it's, it's fun to watch and it's fun to think about, you know, the, the songs that our, our clubs and our supporters will sing and, and the chance that they'll, they'll have. Yeah, I, I imagine those will be a lot of fun. It, it has been very cool as also someone who <laughs> has not really played competitively in a, in a long time, but to see how soccer has grown and, and knowing internationally how important it is to people, how much more important it seems to become for people here. It really, it, it brings a, an energy to, to sports, I think, that that is different than the 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 energies of, of other sports that that we participate in and watch in in america i totally agree i mean and go down to you know i encourage anyone to go to to a columbus crew match right down the road it's an unbelievable stadium that they've built there great product on the field great fan base they've got a supporters group nordeca related related to, to a german club and then they, they've you know branded the different areas of the stadium for different parts of the city it just feels very community friendly. And, and then you have this march to the match where you see the fans and their scarves and their, their, their pyro and their smoke and their whistles and their air horns. And, and it's going and let's go. We're all going together. Um, doesn't matter what you look like, how old you are, uh, where you came from. We're all, you know, going to, going to cheer on this, this, this team to victory today. So I want to leave a, a, a green field question here for you. Cause I, I can't imagine we've covered all the important topics uh, and and um, and covered the the full breadth of it. But is there is there anything important about this journey so far? About the vision you have about the the process about football in Cleveland soccer, rather <laughs> that uh, that you think is important that 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 we haven't touched on yet. I think we've covered a lot. I think it's important to just kind of stay with it because there's going to be ups and downs, and there's not it's not a it's a, not a straight path. It's it's not a four-sided Rubik's cube. It's a five or six-sided Rubik's cube. So it's me and, and everybody else that wants this tomorrow. Like, when is it happening? When can I try out? Well, it's coming, um, but we want to do it right though. We also don't want to rush into it. And I think that that's also been, you know, when I talk about being the North Star, it means doing things right, being capitalized enough to actually take on 
what we're about to take on. It's not an inexpensive project to, to do all those things. And making sure that we have the right buy-in and that people are, are getting involved for, for the, the right reasons. Um, if they're on the, the investor side, they have to have the same kind of long-term vision that I do. Otherwise, I don't think it's going gonna, it's gonna to work. This is not a, you know, it's a business. We, we hope to make money. We hope like other professional uh, sports assets that, that the asset appreciates over time. And historically, professional sports assets do. Want people to understand that this can be transformative for Cleveland as, as we try to, I don't want to say rejoin the global community, but, but you know, make a mark in the global community. And, and, and they're just, whether it's the sister cities or, or working with the, the matriarch and patriarch again here, there's some low-hanging fruit out there. Let's go grab that because low-hanging fruit tastes just as good as the hard fruit, right? Yeah, yeah. It's really an, an exciting, you know, whole, whole endeavor that you're undertaking. I, I think it, it really could be transformative for the city. And I, I feel inspired enough to, like, after this go, you know, re-up my, my old referee certification and <laughs> get involved, volunteer, Absolutely. you know? Like, I, I think it, uh, it really is a very cool project. I forget there's like class A, class B licenses and you, 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 we need you to do it. Yeah. I, it was for high school. It was never, you know, that competitive of a level, but well, <laughs> no, I know. Well, I mean, like I was just sitting with America scores this morning. Like they need coaches both on the writing side and on the soccer side, just to put it out there. And we want to be, you know, I want to echo whatever messages they're putting out because I think that what they're doing is, is really important and it'll be this kind of rising tide that, that it can all grow together and, and you look where it's, it's worked. I mean, you, it really worked in LA, in LAFC. It's really worked in Columbus. Um, it's really worked in Charlotte. Austin, unbelievable. Now you, again, you got Matthew McConaughey down there, but like Austin has taken this in and it's, 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 it's a big deal. It, it works in Seattle. Drew Carey is, is you know, our, our own Clevelander leads the charge out in Seattle, in, out there. And, and if you're in Seattle on a match day, you know the Sounders are playing. You absolutely know. It's it's just like, you know, the Browns are playing if you're in downtown on Sunday. Hmm. Well, if, if, if people have, you know, an interest in, in participating, volunteering, you know, offering their, their opinions, uh, being involved in, in any capacity, what is the the best way for them to follow along on, on this, this journey? Sure. So we've got a number of, you know, the social media properties are out there, but also I think just go to our website, which is clevelandprosoccer.com right now and, and indicate your interest. There's a couple different ways you can indicate interest and then, and then but you, and there's fill it in. Tell us, tell us who you are and why you're interested because we're reading those teams, reading those and we're trying to get back to folks in, a, in an orderly you know, fashion. But we know, you know, people say, Hey, I used to be a coach or, Hey, I really want to be on the branding side or, Hey, I've got some good ideas for names. And we've, and then we communicate with them, you know, via email and, and, and social media. And soon we hope to have, you know, some more, content up there, whether it's, 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 uh, sponsoring city of Ohio soccer club or, or otherwise, um, just so they can see what's going on. Well, I'll, I'll ask you then, uh, our traditional closing question may, maybe is, is soccer unrelated, but, but could involve soccer. Uh, I don't think anyone's brought up soccer yet, but it is for your favorite hidden gem in Cleveland. So for something that, that other folks may not know about, but perhaps should. I'm a runner. And I like running the bridges mm. downtown. I'm, I'm over in Ohio City, and there's nothing like running those bridges and seeing the skyline. It's free, obviously. You can run down through the flats and up and around. That, that, that's fantastic. And I run sometimes so that I can eat. 
And, and I like I like pizza. I like Geraci's Pizza in University Heights. They've got a couple of restaurants, but it's my favorite pizza. Those are those are a couple of gems. Amazing. Yeah, those are those are great. I, I run for the same reasons. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, Michael, I, I really appreciate you, you coming on today and, and sharing uh, sharing more about, you know, the Cleveland soccer group and, and the vision you have for for this. It's it's it really is very exciting. So thank you very much. Well, great. Thanks for having me on. And, and I look forward to uh, look, we'll share this. This is I think it's an important uh, it's another great piece of content that we can add and and let people know what we're up to. You know, and, you know, you know, thanks for giving me the opportunity. It's a long form interview, essentially, that, that everyone can, we don't lose details. <laughs> yeah. No, I think we got pretty, pretty into it. So the, this was, uh, this was amazing, but again, appreciate it. Great. Thanks. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show. So if you have any feedback, please send over an email to jeffrey at layoftheland.fm or find us on Twitter at podlayoftheland or at sternhefe, J-E-F-E. If you or someone you know would make a good guest for our show, please reach out as well and let us know. And if you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or on your preferred podcast player. Your support goes a long way to help us spread the word and continue to bring the Cleveland founders and builders we love having on the show. We'll be back here next week at the same time to map more of the land. The Lay of the Land podcast was developed in collaboration with the Up Company LLC. At the time of this recording, unless otherwise indicated, we do not own equity or other financial interests in the company which appear on this show. All opinions expressed by podcast participants are solely their own and do not reflect the opinions of any entity which employs us. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment decisions. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.